This program is being sponsored by the partners and friends of Keith Butler Ministries. Live your faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you will receive this pre-selected book of the month, Praying at a Higher Level. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Today on Live Your Faith. Now, you open the Bible, it don't fall to that. What happened? You were a baby Christian. So you were a baby. God would treat you, help you along. But he expected you to grow. He expected you to mature. And he would not continue to treat you like a baby when you are got grown pants on. Hi, I'm Keith Butler. Welcome to Live Your Faith Broadcast. This broadcast is about your getting the Word of God in a way you can understand it and use it in your daily life. Romans 1.16 says the Word of God is the power of God to all deliverance. So let's go to the Word and let's walk in deliverance in Jesus' name. Now I've been ministering on the subject of how things work. Why are you teaching on how things work? So you know how things work. Amen. Giving you enough of an understanding so that an individual can fully appreciate what God's Word says about this matter. Now, of course, we've looked at all the different laws of God, and we know that word numos in the Greek, the word law, praise God, principle, hallelujah. We know something in Scripture is called law because it works every time. We know that Romans 3.27, I've covered with you further, uh, the scripture tells us there is the law of faith. We know the Greek word for faith is pistis. We know it's named our Bible schools we have around the world. Amen. And that uh, pistis particularly means trust. Okay, it means belief. It's to rely on, it's to be assured on, praise God, all that. When you talk about uh, faith, praise God. So there's the law of that. We know that Hebrews 10.38 also told us we looked at. It said that just means those who are born again. The just shall live by faith. What he didn't say was not that to just use faith. He said that to just live by faith. And I told you to actually, the actual Greek around that means that they have a lifetime and a lifestyle of trust, confidence, belief, and assurance upon God and his word. And then also we've looked at James 1.22. It said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So if a man be a hearer of the word but is not a doer of the word, it says he's like a man who beholds his face in the glass, forgetteth what kind of man he was. Amen. But whoso looketh into the perfect, talking about the Bible, perfect law of liberty, but continueth therein, that man will be blessed in his deed. 
Now, praise God, I want to teach you some more about faith, but I want to teach it to you again at a little different level. Because oftentimes uh, people mistake faith and faith's mechanisms. The things that I teach you about five elements of faith, what I'm teaching you about when I wrote the book on it, is to help you understand what the mechanisms of faith are, how they work in order for you to access the promises that God has made available to you. Uh, amen. But that's not what he's talking about in Hebrews 10, 38. Amen. Now, believe in God for your healing and for your financial miracle or for deliverance from some issue is quite legitimate. God put those promises in the scripture because he expects you to do what's necessary to receive because that's his will. Amen. But that's not really what faith's about. Today, I'm going to give you what faith is really about. So let's read Psalm 138 and let's read here verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy Shem. That's the Hebrew word for name. It's the equivalent to the word name in the New Testament, which is onama, thought in character. So it's Shem in the Hebrew. I will praise thy Shem for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Now you need to underline that word truth because that's what's setting up the rest of the verse. For thou hast magnified or made large thy word above thy name. And so God and his word are inseparable. If you're talking about God, you are talking about his word. And if you're talking about his word, you are talking about God. There is no difference between the two. So when you understand that then, rejection of any part of the word of God is a personal rejection of God himself. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24, uh, 35. Jesus said that not one doubt or tittle of the words have passed away. He said heaven and earth will first. See, so God has magnified and there's, so if you're talking about the word, you're talking about God, you're talking about God, you're talking about the word and there's no difference no air, no nothing between those two. Amen. Now, I told you that pistis or faith is complete trust in whatever God has said to be the truth. Therefore, the Bible then is the most important book to mankind. And the Bible is hated by those who hate God, who hate God's rules, and who hate God's methods. Now turn to Genesis chapter 1. Can I get three hallelujahs to get started? <laughs> In the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1, uh, we'll read here uh, with verse 1. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Uh, amen. Now, verse 2 is where I'm going. And in verse 2, it says this, that the earth was null and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The next verse says, and then the Spirit of, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. 
Now, the earth being null and void is what? Darkness. Is what? Chaos. The earth, before God spoke his word and straightened it out, was total and complete chaos. How does God deal with chaos? Well, you read the rest of chapter 1. And God said, like being, God said, firmament being, God said, amen. In other words, what straightens out chaos, what brings order, amen, is the Word of God. The Word of God removes chaos and it brings order. Any system in the earth operating outside of the Word brings disorder and chaos. Now, praise the Lord. Turn to Exodus, since you're nearby. Exodus chapter 17. Let's read a little bit about Moses here for a moment. We'll read her in verse 5. The Lord said unto Moses, go on, go on before the people, take with thee the elders of Israel and your rod, wherewith you smote the rivers that's in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of Horeb. Thou shalt smite or hit the rock. And there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and we know what happened. Water came out of the rock enough to quench the thirst of nearly three million people. Then if you go to Numbers later on, here's another situation that takes place where the people are also complaining again because they're thirsty. Amen. And in verse 7, the Lord speaks unto Moses again. He said, take that same rod, gather thou the assembly together, you and Aaron thy brother, and speak, underline, speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. Thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so, that, so thou shalt give the congregation and the beast drink. Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before that rock and said, here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he hit the rock twice. But what did the Lord tell him to do? He said, speak to it. I didn't tell you to hit it. And the water came out abundantly. The congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not. Now, hear what God said. Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Whoa. Now, first of all, God told him, yeah, you take the rod in your hand, but I don't want you to, I, don't, I want you to speak to this this time. Don't hit it. Moses hit it. He didn't hit it once, he hit it twice, and God told us why he did it. He did it, uh, praise God, because he wasn't sure that if he spoke to it, he'd have the same result. And then he hit it twice, because the first time, I guess nothing seemed to happen. And he hit it the second time, amen. God was not pleased, but he wanted to bless the people with the water. So he provided them with the water, but he had a discussion with Moses. And he told Moses, now... You don't get to go into the promised land after all that Moses went through. Think about that. I mean, Moses in the burning bush, Moses before peril, Moses and the Red Sea party, and now 
you don't get to go into the promised land. Nope. Why? Under much is given, much is required. See, I, I talked about mercy several weeks ago. And God said, he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will not have mercy on whom I will not have mercy. He reserved that to himself. Amen. And so, well, uh, amen. When you, you remember when you first got born again and, and you opened up the Bible and it fell right to the scripture you needed. And all of a sudden, y'all remember that, what you said. Now, you open the Bible, it don't fall to that. What happened? You were a baby Christian. And so you were a baby. God would treat you, help you along. But he expected you to grow. He expected you to mature. And he would not continue to treat you like a baby when you are, got grown pants on. I told you there's a problem, you know what I mean? I got grandchildren that's one years old, you know. I don't mind changing her diaper, she's one. I don't mind changing her diaper at one, but I ain't changing her diaper when she's 18. Right? You expect it's going to be a growth. Moses is accountable to God, and God said, I expect you to believe me, and you don't, just because things change methodology, just because the method changed, what's that got to do with my power? So Moses is not going to get to go to the promised land, and this is the reason why, but there's also another reason why he didn't get to go in. Turn to the book of Numbers chapter 14. Amen. In Numbers 14, now you remember what happened in Numbers 13. Uh, the 12 uh, tribes were sent by Moses into the promised land. Uh, 10 of them came back with an evil report, which was a report of unbelief. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb said, let's go on to right now, let's take it. We are well able to overcome it. The Lord is with us. Their bread is, uh, their defense is bread for us and all that. Amen. But did you notice there were not two voices that spoke up, two other voices? Moses and Aaron did not speak up. Moses and Aaron did not stand up for God. Joshua and Caleb did. Moses and Aaron didn't. The other reason why they didn't get to go. And so unbelief is not just not trust and confidence. Unbelief also leads you to not stand up for God in front of a hostile crowd. Now, praise God. Living by faith. Remember Hebrews 10, 38 said, the just shall live by faith. I didn't say the just shall use their faith here. He said the just shall live by faith. Living by faith is this. It's adopting God's values and views of the world rather than man's humanistic systems. In fact, one of the names for God's system on the earth is found in Matthew 6.33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. God has a system. That system is also called the basilia of God. The Basilia of Theos is called, praise God, the kingdom of God, a system. What you've already learned now me teaching on this is that there, there's a system that God has laid out and it's, un, it's up to you to learn the system, Amen. to then operate the system. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he is the God of order yes. 
and not a God of disorder. I remember when I first opened this church and run, I still run it the way I used to run it 40 years ago. I haven't changed. And people would criticize me. They said, he runs that church like a business. I said, well, what else am I supposed to run it? About, am I supposed to run it with disorder? This is God's stuff. I mean, God don't have no disorder. Hello, somebody. I thank God my eyes are not here and one here and none of the feet and yours be in your chest somewhere. I mean, God has a system and way of order. Come on now. So, you know, so Satan knows all this. So when you hear God's word, Satan will immediately challenge the word that you hear. Why? Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know that. Amen. So the word is the basis for all faith. And remember what Mark 9, 23 says. It says, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now Satan knows that. So Satan knows if these folk get to walking by faith and then they learn how to use their faith, there's nothing I can do to stop them. And so Jesus told you about the parable of Mark chapter 4. If you don't know Mark chapter 4 by now and you've been, you've been around me, I don't know what to say to you. If you've not read that parable of the sower, Jesus talked about there were four different types of ground. In, in short, okay, amen, all, of, all these were people, praise God, and they all, every one of them heard the word. Amen. But there were five instances before people. The first one, they heard the word, but they didn't receive it. So Satan didn't have to do anything. That's people that go, I hear, but please. And so they go on. The second group heard the word and Satan didn't challenge them with, as the scripture said, affliction, which is pressure through all kinds of circumstances coming against you. And then the next one was persecution. That, that's when God takes people, groups of people. Amen. He takes people and he uses people to try and make you back off that word. He uses people against you. And the word said there in Mark chapter 4, because if you follow me, that's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, I'm talking about in Mark 4. And it said over there uh, that they became offended because of that pressure by circumstances and people. And they became, that word offended means, uh, in the Greek, is scandalizo. Uh, they became people who backed up, yeah. quit, yeah. even became tempted to sin. Uh -huh. That's what happened to them. See? So Satan does this. Because he knows, amen, walking or walking by faith. If I let them walk by faith, they will power through whatever circumstance. They will just power through whatever people get in their face about. They're still just power with God. He knows, he said, I got to crush them before they get strong enough to do that. The third one was cares of this world. That word cares is merinna in the Greek, and that's the word distractions. And so if he couldn't stop you with the power game, then he'll find something else to get your interest. There's anything to keep you from your focus being on the word of God. Get your focus on race, get your focus on money, get your focus on people, get your focus on something else with government. He get, he get your focus off of what God said and get distracted from the word. So then since faith comes by hearing about the word of God, well, the, the next one was deceitfulness of riches, not riches, but being deceived by that. And what that is is a person uh, who doesn't believe 
that God really can meet that need. And then the fifth one was lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, make it unfruitful. And that lust of other things is, is when something then becomes so important to you that it becomes the ascendant number one thing instead of the word of God. You just got to have it instead of have the word. Then in verse 20 of Mark 4, it said, Though they that are on the good ground, of course, do do five things. They hear the word, receive the word, believe the word, speak the word, act on the word, bring forth fruit a hundredfold. Okay, amen. amen. Praise God. Now, when you understand this, turn to 1 Kings chapter 22. Let's keep on the Old Testament for a minute. Give me three more hallelujah somebody. <laughs> now, I'm going somewhere with this. Amen. You may, you may not like it. 1 Kings 22. Now let's read verse 7. Now, Jehoshaphat here, before I read it, Jehoshaphat gets in the league with the king of Israel. The king of it, remember, Israel has, back in those days, not like they are now. You just have one nation of Israel. But you used to have two nations. You had the northern part called Israel, southern part called Judah. So if you read in the Old Testament, the southern part was, or Judah was, you know, Jerusalem down. And then you had the southern part, okay, going up to Galilee and all of that, right? And so you had the northern part, the king of Israel, he gets into a, an agreement with the southern king, Jehoshaphat. They are looking to go to, they're looking at going to war, to go fight together against somebody. Verse 7, Jehoshaphat said, now is there a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? In other words, before we jump into this, let's ask God about it. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, now there's one man, Micaiah or Micah, we would say, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he don't prophesy good concerning me every time. Every time he prophesies to me, he prophesies some evil. Now the reason why, by the way, every time the king of Israel got prophesied to by Micah, was because the king of Israel was evil. And he refused to change his evil ways. So every time he called for Micah, Micah, the Lord would call him out through Micah. He came to a place where he confused God and the man. So he focused on the man instead on God's word given to the man. And he said, I hate the man. But what he didn't understand was he was hating God. Well, so verse 9, king of Israel gets an officer and sends him down there and save time. Uh, and, and so that messenger gets down to verse 13 where Micah is. And he said, now look now, all the other prophets, they've all said to the king what he wants to hear. All the other prophets said, go ahead, king, you're going to win, you can go to war. Now, Micah, I'm telling you, you better line up. That's what it is. Read the story. He said, he said, you better line up and you better say the same thing. Micah said, we'll see. So they get in front of the king, you know, and finally the king says, he got the two kings there. And finally the king says, all right, Micah, 
what you got to say this time? And Mike said, oh, yeah, you're going to win the battle. And the king says, it must have been the way he did it. He said, I told you, stop playing with me. Just tell me what you got from God. He said, you're going to get your butt kicked if you go down there. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I'm just putting it in the Detroit language. But he said, he said if you go down there, you're going to get your butt kicked. Verse 18. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he prophesied nothing good concerning me? Every time he sees me, he's prophesying them. Now, the reason why God had the prophet constantly say something to the king of Israel that seemingly in the kings of Israel's view was negative was because God loved the king of Israel. And he wanted the king of Israel to get straightened out. And the only way he was going to get straightened out was from the word of the Lord. You need the Lord Jesus into your life and you say, how can I receive him? It's very easy. The Bible said in Romans 10, 9, if you will acknowledge him with your mouth, believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ask him to come into your life right now. Tell him you believe he's alive and well, he will come into your life and save you and you'll never be the same. Live your faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you will receive this pre-selected Book of the Month, praying at a higher level. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Mark your calendars for the 2022 Annual Word of Faith Convention, July 20th through July 22nd at 20000 West Nine Mile Road, Southfield, Michigan, with a dynamic word from guest speaker, Pastor Michelle Ferguson, Dr. Michael Freeman, Reverend Mark Hankins, Pastor Hank Kuderman, and our conference host, Bishop Keith Butler. For more information, go online to www.convention.wordoffaith.cc. Don't miss it. We're taking the Word of God to Eastern Europe and Western Europe, praise God, and other parts of the world. God wants everyone to hear the Word. And that happens because people partner with us. You become people that support what we do. And if you want to see the gospel go beyond just your neighborhood, and you want it to go to people around the world, then we encourage you to pray about becoming a partner at Keith Butler Ministries. We want to thank you for your prayer and your support. And remember to keep fighting the good fight of faith.